This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Do bullies win in life over nice kids? An educational psychologist says despite our dog-eat-dog world, nice kids do finish first. We're so quick when our kids come home from school to say, how'd you do on that test? But we don't ask nearly enough of, you know, what kind of thing did you do? Or what did you see today that made a difference in somebody's life? Then, can computer science help you make better decisions in your daily life? We'll talk to an expert. There's a set of problems that all of us face in everyday life, and we think of these as uniquely human problems, but they're actually not. They correspond to a set of some of the fundamental problems in computer science. Those two stories and more are coming your way on this edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. The show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. A renowned educational psychologist and author shows how the selfie syndrome is undermining our kids' success and what parents and teachers can do about it. With the story, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. We're joined by Michelle Borba. She has a doctoral degree in education. She's a parenting expert, and now she's the author of Unselfie, Why Empathetic Kids Succeed in Our All-About-Me World. Your book cites many statistics. One of them is that kids today are 40% less empathetic than they were just 30 years ago. Can you explain just what that means and maybe give us a couple of examples? Yes. Well, actually, it's a very scary trend. For the last 30 years, incoming college freshmen across different colleges, different zip codes, have been given the same kind of simple little narcissistic inventory. And what they've discovered in those 30 years is that there's been a 58% spike in narcissism, a 40% drop in empathy, but the real change hit around the year 2000. So what it means is that Bullying is going to go up, aggression is going to go up, racism could be going up. All those things you're seeing in the front page of the newspaper are happening because what holds that together is the seeds of humanity and the seeds of kids getting along, respect and kindness and all those good things are going down. I think many parents would say that their kids are certainly more stressed out and in many cases less happy than the parents were at that age. Do you have any sense of just you know why that is? I'm nodding my head in agreement with them, and research confirms that this is the smartest generation on record, but also the most stressed out generation on record. And when stress builds, empathy also goes down. The reason for that is you got to dial down your empathy to be in survival mode to take care of yourself. So it causes that empathy gap where kids don't walk in and help. What we need to do is a couple of things. Realize, first of all, that we've removed a lot of the things that reduce stress from our kids' lives, like Sandbox 101. Recess has been removed from a lot of our kids' playgrounds. No downtime is there. Our kids are very scheduled. They're very stressed. And they're very often overwhelmed, particularly our college kids, because all is being put onto that SAT score, and it's causing major havoc. We really need to also help our kids learn to cope. We know that stress mounting, but one of the big things that Unselfie tries to do is teach self-regulation strategies that are simple things to help them cope to keep the stress down and their empathy open. You do write a lot about kids tuning into their feelings. What kinds of feelings are you talking about? That loneliness and connectedness, or is there more to it? 
Well, there's more to it. It's all of that. And the first step, for instance, that we do know that's critical for developing empathy is just the ability to read emotions off someone else's face. Oh, she looks sad or, oh, my gosh, she looks stressed or, oh, she looks like she could use a hug. And you don't learn that facing a screen. So the first concern is that the average child is now plugged in, says Common Sense Media, about seven and a half hours a day. One third of infants are now using iPads. So you may want to take a reality check as a parent and say, hey, how often is my kid checked in in terms of just that digital clocking in? And realize, are there any times when he's checking out or checking into me and create sacred unplugged times in your own home? You're robbing our kids immediately of just that face-to-face connection, which is the critical seeds of being able to start feeling for others. Coming up with that unplugged time that you just mentioned I'm sure is a challenge for nearly every parent today. Can you maybe offer some strategies on how to do that? First thing is just spend the first week doing nothing more than randomly going around and seeing how often is your kid plugged in? How often are you plugged in? By the way, 60% of kids say we're too plugged in, not the kids. Second of all, is there a time frame during the day where you can unplug? For instance, the family dinner hour. The instant thing on that one is just put up a basket that's on your counter that everybody throws their cell phone in. Yes, you're going to get a little bit of painfulness the first few times. But what they discovered when they did digital-free summer camps, by around the third day of digital-free, kids began to tune into one another. They said it was absolutely amazing. Kids were going, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. I haven't been looking at people. That was just three days. So just think big, but start small. Slowly weave your way into it and just reclaim the lost art of conversation. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Michelle Borba. She is a parenting expert and the author of Unselfie, Why Empathetic Kids Succeed in Our All-About-Me World. You also write about the importance of kindness and that it creates happier kids and more popular kids in some cases. Can you just talk about that, how to encourage kindness in your children? That's the simplest habit to do. What we've discovered is that kindness is one part of empathy. But the kinder you are, it actually does make your child happier and more popular. That's proven. So how do you do it? You, first of all, make sure your child knows how to be kind. And you just can brainstorm simple ideas like smile, like open the door, like say hello to somebody. You can come up with what's called the two kind rule. When you walk out that door, remember to say or do at least two kind things to someone today. What happens is it becomes a habit. And once it becomes a habit, the child begins to see themselves and develop an actual self-image of themselves as a more caring person. So all the behavior begins to be more in line and easier. I spent 10 years researching on selfie, and I flew all over the world. And one of the most interesting places that I visited was Vanuatu. It's this little teeny South Pacific island that UNESCO has chosen one of the happiest places on Earth, even though it's technically what's called a third world country. I walked on to that island, and within seconds, everybody was smiling and saying hello and greeting me, even though I was a stranger, just because that was a random thing to do. And I finally walked up to a couple of kids and said, why are you so friendly? And the answer was, because everybody else is. Hmm. And it was my, aha, that's what we're doing wrong. How often are kids seeing friendliness? I mean, you just take a moment and walk outside. I'm walking around New York and I don't see a whole bunch of smiles. When you're driving in a car, you're not seeing it. When you're looking at reality show TVs, you're not seeing it. Kids are seeing the opposite. And the fastest way to actually instill empathy isn't all this stuff we do but just who we are. Just model it as a parent, just naturally. 
And the more you do it, it becomes a habit. Michelle, you've mentioned a number of things that parents can do, but if you're going to choose perhaps the biggest mistake that you see parents making, the most common thing, what would that be? I think undermining their own power. We have gotten ourselves into thinking that parenting is all a to-do list. We've got to do this, 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 this. When I look at the best research on building empathy and why certain children are more altruistic and empathetic when you interview them, it's that they said, well, I saw it in my parents. So if we just model it ourselves, what happens is our children catch it. They also begin to see, I guess that's important. And as a result, it starts becoming a mindset for our kids. We're so quick when our kids come home from school to say, how'd you do on that test? But we don't ask nearly enough of, you know, what kind of thing did you do? Or what did you see today that made a difference on somebody's life? Little things, if you keep doing them intentionally, start spinning this around so we begin to raise kids who are unselfies. They think we, not me. And that becomes the whole trajectory of turning a society around because the glue that holds society together is empathy, and that's what's unraveling right now. What role does the decline in spirituality, religion, church-going have in all of this? It's an interesting question. It does have some piece to it because spirituality or a belief in something, whether it's God or your own belief system, does help a child. We know that. So too does moral values or moral identity, and that seems to be breaking down. Whatever you believe in, implant them in your child because that creates a value set. And empathy needs a moral rudder. It needs to know which way to go. What we're finding is altruistic children very often have a sense of social responsibility or compassion. And it may be from their religion, it may be from their spirituality, but it also may be from, that's what my parents embedded in me. Don't do that and leave it to chance. We are a kind of a racy, raunchy culture these days. You want to be the firewall and the one who embeds what you believe strongly in your child. And the more you repeat it and describe why, kids said, well, I just became it because it was said so often. We may not be repeating enough what we believe in. Michelle Borba, the author of Unselfie, Why Empathetic Kids Succeed in Our All-About-Me World. And you can find Michelle at her website, michelleborba.com. Michelle is spelled with one L, so it's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-B-O-R-B-A.com. Michelle, thanks for being here. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, an expert's formula for great decision-making. That story, coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.